everyone wants growth. Everyone prays for growth. Not everyone talks about the complexities of growth and when it happens, how much work it actually is. As I said to our staff team last week, I, I, I do a lot of 10 things I need lists from them. And so I gave like 10 things I need from you moving into the fall season. And one of them was lean into the chaos. And what I meant by that is we're in chaos right now. You feel it, there's massive growth, but don't shy away from it, lean into it and learn from it. And then I just gave this caveat. I said, remember the same God we pray to who provided this is the same God who will give us the wisdom and the know-how of how to do this. What I'm learning is you have to hold organizational structure loosely. You have to hold passion with Jesus tightly. And so like the whole idea of abiding in the vine, if I lose that, then I've lost the narrative. Welcome to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast, a Resurgence Initiatives Podcast. Our heart is to see a movement of leaders released in all spheres of society and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Never before has there been such a need for good leadership. We're on a journey to be equipped, encouraged, and empowered. Join our conversations as we talk spirit-empowered leadership and see God's kingdom at work through God's people everywhere they go. Hey everyone, Travis Alonia here with Donovan Byer, and we are the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast, and we are in season two of this podcast, this journey that uh, God has us on, and um, we, we started uh, going, I think we need to do a podcast and just talk leadership, and part of it was we wanted to grow as leaders. We believe that God's <laughs> called us to lead, um, and at times we know and feel, okay, I know how to lead. Other times... Uh, we want to learn, and I think it's John Maxwell said, uh, leadership is learning, and so we're learning. We're learning from people that are leading far and um, beyond us, people that are leading in different spheres of influence, and so we just invite you on this journey. Donovan, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing really good. I'm really looking forward to the conversation today. Uh, awesome, and uh, we are excited to have a, a dear friend of mine, Pastor Phil Kniesel, join us shortly, but... But uh, wanted to, uh, yeah, just just chat about foundations. And uh, mm -hmm. one of the things that, you know, foundation of our faith is key. Foundation to leadership is key. And that foundation would be the word, uh, prayer, things like that. Like, they are key to as we lead, to, to us as leaders, aren't they, Donovan? Yeah, and even like, you can't be a spirit-empowered leader unless you have those things in your life. Because what, what's empowering you if you're not connected to the source of that power and yeah I just it's so important to keep those things uh, at center yeah and and you know John 1 the word the Jesus was the word and the word uh, walked among us and um, it's so it's so key that you know so many times and I've said this um, when I preach to churches and I, I think I said this this weekend I was preaching in a church um, mm -hmm. so many times we're focused on the the like the shingles and the the things on the outside of the house, you know, the siding. But but God focuses on the foundation, the yeah. the, the framing, the the plumbing, the things that even no one sees. And I think we we have to be so um, careful as leaders to to grow those things, so that when growth comes, we'll be able to sustain, we'll be able to hold up what what God actually wants us to carry. And we've totally. seen even in this season, as, as you look across the internet. Um, of pastors and leaders and people, leaders in our lives that are going through tough circumstances, failing, um, seeing marriages fall apart, seeing ministries fall apart, seeing all sorts of leaders crash and burn because some of those foundations weren't there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because, uh, yeah, the person we're interviewing today, Pastor Phil, his church has grown 1,400 people in the last year. You'll hear a bit more about that uh, in the interview, I'm sure, but I was just thinking about that and how we can often um, idolize growth, right? Like we can think, oh, the fruit is good. The growth is good. But it's so interesting. I have this apple tree in my backyard and uh, it was about, it was kind of during COVID kind of at that time. And the tree had a slight crack in one of the big branches. And I noticed it kind of right at the beginning of the spring. And so there wasn't any fruit on the tree yet. It was just preparing to bud, that sort of thing. And, and it was wild because it started producing fruit. Like it, it just like the rest of the tree, it started growing and the apples were growing. They looked really healthy. They weren't any different from the other apples, 
but uh, there was a point where it was probably just the very beginning of the summer and the weight of the apples caused the, the branch to fall like that crack was was strong enough that when the apples were small when there wasn't a lot of fruit it didn't break but eventually they got heavy enough that it broke the whole branch and and i just remember the lord speaking to me like even in seasons of fruitfulness even in seasons of growth like you can fall under the weight of that fruit if you don't have that strong foundation if you don't have that strong connection to to me to my spirit to the word to prayer and so it's just is it's just so important and uh and one of the things that i love about our guest today is just i know that he's a person who who has valued that foundation and so i'm really looking forward to hearing kind of how he's walked in that season of growth and kept that strong connection to jesus yeah, and, and isn't that so important? And and it's funny because you can look at the fruit on the tree and go, oh, I want the fruit too. I want the fruit yeah. in my leadership life. I want the fruit on my team. I want the fruit in my ministry, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, and we've, we've said this. It's cliche. You always hear leaders. You're like, how do you get to where you are? I want to be where you are. And they always say this. They always say, well, you don't know the cost that I've gone through, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember seeing, hearing that as a young person. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're mm-hmm. in the heyday. Like you're, you're celebrating. You're at the top of it. And I don't think I realize the cost. I, I mm-hmm. think um, a lot of people, and, and we've seen this, you can poke at leaders and go, wow, they're not this and they're not that. Um, and, and I'm very careful now that I'm in, in, in leadership, I'm very careful to ever poke, to make fun of, to put someone down who's leading, no matter what it is, even if I don't yeah. agree with it. Uh, people mm-hmm. don't know the, the burden of leadership, the, yeah. the cross, let's say, of leadership, the, the weight of leadership and the weight of great growth and fruit is is there's a lot to it and how you deal with that how you carry that matters and it's easy on the outside to criticize someone or or say oh i would do that different why would you do that why would you say that and it's like ah oh, if you really knew all that's going on and there there are stories you know this donovan and pastoring there are things you can't share because it would hurt the people you're caring for. If they knew the full story of what was happening, uh, they would go, wow, I don't know how you did, but they don't know the full story. And so I think it's just a reminder of we need to have a strong foundation. We need to know who's called us. And um, and I'm so excited today because Phil has had an impact in my life, but also as a dear friend and been such a supporter of this ministry resurgence and and what we're doing over all these years. And uh, so it's going to be awesome to talk to him today. We are really excited today to have a friend of mine and a friend of Donovan's, um, Phil Kniesel, joining us. Phil is the lead pastor of Hope City Church in Edmonton, Alberta. Um, but more than that, Phil has become a dear friend. And uh, over the years, we have served on boards together. We have uh, he snowboarded, I've skied down a hill together. Um, right. We've spent a lot of time together, and I just am so pumped to have him today with us to just talk leadership and all things God's doing in his life. Phil, so glad to have you. Yeah, really great to be here, Travis. Really great to be with you, Donovan. I just want to start off by saying I am a better snowboarder than you are, skier. Just so we have the record straight, all right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is starting on a downward slope. We are. Yeah, we're starting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well phil uh, it's such an honor to have you and i'm wondering if we, we could just start off this conversation just tell us a bit about yourself your family uh where you're yeah. at now and in, in ministry and and uh specifically what are some of the joys you're feeling right now yeah so ministry this is my 27th year being a pastor so you know right away you start to say those numbers and you already feel like dude i'm the old guy around here and but in that um really really have had definite love of seasons of pastoring and just what the Lord's done in my life. So I started pastoring in Southern Ontario, then moved to Winnipeg and have been in Edmonton now for 19 years. And I'm married to a beautiful wife called Marla. We just celebrated our 24th this past summer. Mm -hmm. And I got two daughters, one who is turning 19 in a week and she's in second year university and one who is 16 and she's in grade 11. So life in our household is definitely um, emotional. <laughs> and um, it's definitely fun. And there's definitely uh, just learning how to, you know, I'm moving into the season of a 19 year old. So now I am parenting an adult, 
right? A young adult. And so you have to shift in your parenting, learning some of those dynamics of how do I change my parenting in this season for her? And uh, just learning some of those things with my wife. And like Travis already said, we're at Hope City Church here in Edmonton. 19 years, been leading it for nine and just really grateful for the staff, for the team, for the church. We're a multi-site church. We just launched, uh, we did a rental on one of our campuses, just launched that, and just mm-hmm. has seen God do some incredible things in the Terwilliger neighborhood here in Edmonton as a result of that. So those would be, my joy is definitely my family, seeing my kids grow up, seeing them embrace life. And, you know, guys like, I say this all the time, ministry would not be so rewarding if my kids didn't know Jesus. And at 19 and 16, to know that my kids love Jesus, you know, our oldest did a missions trip this past summer. My 16-year-old told me last night, she's like, hey, Dad, I just started a Bible reading journal. So every day I'm taking the verse of the day from you version and then writing down my thoughts about what God is telling me, what he's speaking mm. to me. And then I'm reading a couple chapters before I go to bed. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Like, that's the kind of stuff that really brings me joy. And so um, there's... That's a little bit about what's going on in my life right now, bro. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, and we have two kids under six, so uh, we're you're a little ahead of us, but I know yeah. we're, <laughs> we're on our way to that and yeah. praying a similar prayer. Um, yeah, just again, it's just so cool to hear kind of what God's up to now, but we'd love to hear kind of how did you get there? What What's a bit of your leadership journey and your calling story if you have time? <laughs> we have time for that, so we just love to hear kind of how did you get to where you are. Right. So it's funny you mentioned snowboarding, Travis, right at the beginning. So I grew up in a pastor's home, and my goal was to work for Burton Snowboards in Colorado. And so I wasn't on any trajectory to be a pastor at um, any time in my mind. And so I actually did a degree in marketing, and my purpose of that was to then move to Colorado and hopefully get hired by Burton Snowboards. That's what I wanted to do. And it was when I was taking my degree in marketing where the Lord was starting to speak to me because I was serving Jesus. Like uh, I wasn't, you know, randomly away from church or living in sin willingly and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I was following Jesus. I was helping out in the youth group in my home church and that, but I, I just had a different trajectory. Some of it was I just wanted to make money because I saw that my dad didn't make a lot of money growing up. And I was like, I don't know if I want this. So, um, you know, I, I took that path and I remember God just whispering into my own spirit, just saying, you know, this isn't what I designed you for. And, and so you wrestle with those thoughts. I never told anyone, but I can tell you a very Holy Spirit pinpointed moment in my life that arrested me and started my trajectory towards ministry. And that was in my home church in Kitchener, Ontario. We still had Sunday night services back in the day. And I went to church and we had a guest speaker who didn't know me at all. And he just spoke and I can't tell you what he spoke on, but afterwards he said, hey, if anyone wants to pray, why don't you just come to the front and we'll just pray. And so I went and sat in the front pew on the left-hand side and I'm wrestling with this whole thing with the Lord. Literally, that's what I'm praying about. God, like I, I feel like you're calling me. That wasn't my plan. This is not what I feel like I wanna do. And this dude, his name is Steve Hawkins, by the way, he worked for Operation Mobilization, OM. And so I don't know if you know that organization, Massive Missions Organization. He walks up to me, doesn't know me, and just looks at me and goes, young man, stop running from God's call in your life. Mm. And that hit me like a ton of bricks, as you can imagine, because that was just a word from the Lord through him for me in that moment. And that literally changed my trajectory. I wanted to drop out of marketing, go straight to Bible college, because I'm like, I still got four more years at university, what, right? But wisdom from my parents said, finish your degree first, you know, do that, and then go to Bible college. So I did that whole trajectory, and that landed me into ministry. And the irony is my first job was a part-time youth pastor making 7,500 a year. And I was like, yes, I love this. And I wouldn't want to do anything else. And so that started my path on ministry in a really small town called Petrolia, Ontario. Hmm. And uh, loved it there. And I actually chose to go to that place. I had an opportunity to get a full-time youth pastor job at a Bible college or a part-time youth pastor job in this small town. And I'll tell you why I chose to go to the part-time place. The two guys who were leading that church 
I highly, highly respected. And one of them was one of the godfathers of youth ministry in Western Ontario, where I grew up in the PAOC. And I thought, you know what? You work with someone like that, and I'll learn something in six months, what I probably can't learn alone in six years. Mm -hmm. And so that was my drive to just go, suck it up, man. Go to the small town. I worked on a farm building grain elevators as my other job. Travis, you know me, bro. I'm a city guy. Like, that was crazy, right? I have a hard time believing that. Exactly. (laughs) That's exactly it. It, it, Like, God just placed me in this most unique scenario. And I can tell you, I loved it so, so much. Like, it was incredible. And so it was in those years where I got married and my wife moved out to Ontario. We we met on my internship, by the way. So on my internship in Bible college, I went to Winnipeg. My wife's from Winnipeg. And um, they say you're not supposed to date on your internship. And I dated (laughs) because I scored. I was like, yes, I'm not giving this one up. And uh, so we ended up getting married. She moved to Ontario. And then a year later, we actually went back to that church in Winnipeg. And I pastored there for almost six years. Uh, loved it. Did youth, young adults. It was it was a church of 500. So you're a pastor who does everything then. Youth, young adults, worship, speaking, and janitorial, and, 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 you know what I'm saying. And it was great. Loved it. And then came to Edmonton. And I've been here for 19 years. So that's a little bit of my leadership journey. 19 years in Edmonton, the last nine leading the church, I started leading what's called the project, which is our young adult ministry um, that happens out of Hope City. Still going strong too. So that's cool to see. Yeah. And I, I remember I would come on Sunday nights just to be refreshed. I was in ministry. I was in mm. uh, doing different things. I would come and just, just take in worship, hear the word, just just be um yeah encouraged and i remember those those yeah. moments were really uh vital for me and you've always had a heart for a younger generation and yeah uh, like exactly reaching young and that that hasn't changed even though you're a lead pastor you seem yeah. to always be trying to mentor and pour in and um raise up even people under you and so right. it's neat to hear your story because i didn't know that part where you went to petrolia and right. cool how you like had this desire to find a mentor, you know, right. and be right. mentored. And where did where did that come from? Like, why do you think that was just in you or like why this desire to like, like most people don't think like that. <laughs> It's true. Most people graduate college and think they know it all. Right. Because <laughs> we kind of yeah. have that in us. <laughs> um, I've always thought you don't know what you don't know. And if you can find someone that can surround you with with things that will help you later in life, I'm the guy who recognizes if you do an investment early on, it pays off later. And so just to say, hey, this is an experience. I was a single guy. I didn't need a full-time job, right? I, 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 could, I could experiment, so to speak. And I think just the drive to... I, maybe it's a sick drive or a God-given drive. You decide. But the drive to be the best at what God's called me to do, I wanted to make sure that I'm lining myself up in areas that will help me do that. Um, one of my favorite scriptures, so I'm a skater boy as well. I have skateboards all over my office wall. If I spun the camera around, you would see it. But I had a guy in church um, paint a skateboard deck for me. It's an artist in our church with Colossians 3.23 on the back of it. And it's um, essentially, I can see it right here. It says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord. That's been a drive for me my whole life. Like that just, okay, that's how I'm going to go about ministry. That's going to, how I'm going to go about my job. And so I challenge anyone, whether you're a pastor, whether you're, you know, in the oil fields or whether you're just doing life with your kids, that's your job in the moment right now. And that, that verse just kind of lines things up that says, whatever you do, work as it at it as if you're working for the Lord. So that's, that's a little bit of the driver there for me. That's awesome. Oh, Nice. Um, one of the things that stood out to me from your story uh, was when you'd said that person kind of released that word over your life, like stop running from your calling. And um, I'm just curious, kind of since then, how have you seen the Holy Spirit lead you? How, how, is, mm. how have you seen the Holy Spirit kind of empower you as you've gone through your ministry journey and also in other areas of your life? Yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent question. Um, I think every single one of us have succinct moments 
like that guy in church where the Holy Spirit has just kind of like done the, oh my word, right now, this is from the Lord, it's life-changing. Those are, I would say, few and far between. They're Mm. good, they're needed, they happen. I don't seek those regularly. What for me, I have noticed in, you know, how does the Holy Spirit lead and guide my life? I would say there's three areas really that it works for me. Number one, it's through him speaking to me. Okay. And, and that seems weird because that can get trippy really quick because, you know, people say things like, well, God told me, God told me. Um, but God does tell me things. Right. And so I know the voice of the Lord. And so I listen to the voice of the Lord. And I guess, how did I learn that? Um, Practically, I I explained to our congregation this way. When you're reading scripture, there's a voice in your head that you're reading um, or that you're hearing as you're reading scripture. Learn to hear that voice outside of the fact of reading scripture. And I said, if you hear that voice, it's a real practical way to say that's the voice of the Lord because it'll always align up with what you're hearing in his word, right? And so I just kind of use that. And, and, and the other thing I would say of just about hearing God's voice is trial and error. Uh, you can think, say, okay, I think God's telling me this. I'm going to try. And so when you do something and you do see what the Lord has done in and through it, you're like, okay, that was his voice. But maybe you try and you're like, oh, no biggie. I'll try again. Hmm. I'll, I'll see. So, so that would be one way. The second way, which happened with this individual that I talked about, but it's God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit, through others. Um, there's this moment in Acts when they're choosing the deacons, right? It seemed right to us and the Holy Spirit. And I always think, yeah, like, especially as I lead our church in the next levels of ministry where we're heading, what we're doing, if it only seems right to fill, that's a problem. It has to seem right to us. And so God speaks to those around us. God speaks to me through my wife, through my kids. God speaks to me through my friends, through my coworkers. So being open to that, I got to be receptive to that. And then the third way, I kind of referenced this already, but obviously through scripture. Mm-hmm. I am adamantly, um, I push, you read Bible every day. Why? Even when it's hard, like I'm going through the one year Bible right now. And I'll, I'll be honest, guys, there are days where you're just like, oh man, this is a grudge. Like getting through Isaiah, getting through some of these minor prophets and stuff. And you're like, this is a lot of reading. But what it does is it trains you to hear the voice of the Lord. And his word is powerful and effective. It's a two-inch sword. It's sharp. It, it penetrates. So it's, I'm just trusting that as I put his word into my mind and into my heart and into my spirit, those are the moments where, yeah, I'll hear him better. So I would say those are three ways for me that I've really leaned on. Oh, this is how the Holy Spirit guides me. Uh, so, so good. Um, it's, it's cool because even knowing you and hearing you and whether we've been in boardrooms together around the table, um, uh, one thing I so appreciate about you, Phil, is the ability to, you speak, you speak boldly and there's a boldness mm-hmm. on you. And even in Acts, you know, there was a boldness that came when the Spirit came. And as we're talking right. about the Spirit's power and how Holy Spirit comes on us at salvation and, and fills us, it's, it's, you can see just even hearing your story, how the Spirit has um, led you and guided you and used you and His voice speaks. And, um, and, and, I, and I love so many times I've heard you speak and it's you're so passionate about the Word. I mean, you got mm. the big screen up, you're teaching the word. And yeah. um, sometimes in our culture, that's a rare thing. And you keep yeah. coming back to the word. And um, that that's, you've led a lot of people and you've seen multiplication. And yeah. um, like even in, in Hope City, uh, you did the Young Adults, you did Project. But now what you guys are seeing, I mean, I think it's Acts Revival. There was boldness, Dude, there yeah. was an openness, and then the church grew. And you, you have a vision to shake the city. And yeah. um, can you talk to us about that? Because I think that's something to highlight. Because, you know, when we stay in the Word and we get ourselves in the Word and we follow God, there, there's something that comes when God moves. And that's revival. Mm-hmm. That's the Spirit moving. Um, talk to us about that. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll preface it with this. Yeah, we've seen incredible growth in our church. Um, and I have gone to some people and say, why are you coming here? 
What makes you come here? Like you're new to our orbit. And some people are Christ followers. But you know what they tell me? Based on what you were just talking about there, Travis, they're like, well, you preach the word here. Mm. And I'm like, dude, what else is there? Like, mm. really? We're a church based on the Bible. You get like skewing off of that. And, and, and what that shows me is people in our culture are hungry for truth, mm-hmm. hungry for God's word, because God's word is more powerful than any speech you and I could ever write. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when we lean on that, when we lean into it and we teach the truths that sometimes are very cultural, um, culturally offensive now in our day and age, uh, be bold, you know, say, okay, this ain't me, this is God. And so I'm trying to figure out how God, his blueprint, his word applies to our world and our life today in the context of the world we're in. And I always say my role is to make the Bible make sense to people today. Nothing more, nothing less. It sounds kind of simple, but that's what I feel called to do. And so in that, you know, if you're talking to anyone or if someone's listening, I'm like, man, if you lead a church, um, church growth, church growth 101, preach the Bible, uh, not seven tips on how you deal with stress, more like let's go to the seventh chapter of John and see what Jesus said, you know, that type of idea, um, it wins you, but also make it practical. I'll just throw that in because people need to know how to apply it to their lives, but what is God doing at Hope City, bro? Like this last year specifically, we've seen an incremental um, growth that has literally humbled me, that has actually shocked me to some degree, and also has jacked me. Like when you see stuff like this, you get pretty excited because you pray for this. You ask God for this. Right when I took over leading the church nine years ago, we started every second month what's called um, engage worship and prayer nights and these are on saturday nights where the church gathers to literally just pray for salvations over our church over our city and pray for god to move Mm -hmm. and so we've seeded nine years of praying consistently gathering as a body asking the Lord for this because I don't think anything happens without prayer Um, that's I have a line that says prayer is the engine that drives our church and I truly believe that especially when it comes to you know what we're experiencing right now my uh, my heart my desire is God continue to do this but just to give you a quick snapshot uh, I, I did, I was telling you this earlier, Travis, I did that year over year comparison of just a Sunday in September from last year to last Sunday. And we have grown by 1,432 people in one year. Wow. And so we're praying for this. It's amazing. We see salvation stories. My daughter was telling me she's at the project and she's like, dad, there's people there that shouldn't be there. You know? So what she means by that is people in her high school who mocked her for being a Christian in high school are now coming to church. And I'm like, bro, that's revival. One girl got baptized a month ago. And my daughter's like, she's looking up there and she's like, what is she doing up there? You know, she didn't even know she came here. And so just stories like that, one after another, where we see God reaching people, transforming lives, and then getting to see the power of the Holy Spirit at work inside of that. I mean, those are the stories where we're like, okay, this makes it worth it. A couple Sundays ago, um, I finished preaching our third morning service. And I'm walking off the stage and I hear Phil, Phil. And I turn around and there's this 25 year old kid. Uh, He's got his hat on backwards. He's wearing a backpack. And so I go to the corner of where our stage is and there's stairs going down. I just sit on the stairs and he just starts sharing how, like today he said, everything was against me to get to church. And as he's sharing his stories, um, I got to tell you, like he is dropping expletive after expletive. Okay. So he is not a church kid by any means, but and then he tells me he, he like got one of those scooters, you know what you pay for and scootered 40 minutes to church. Cause he missed the bus and he missed all this. And he said, he walked in and it was like, God was there just him and God having this private conversation and everything that was spoken on, everything that went on was for him and he's weeping and he's crying. And so I, I, I just pray over him, give him the biggest hug, puts his head on my shoulder and just breaks. His dad died a month and a half ago. He's working through so many things. And I leave that moment and I'm like, yeah, it's cool that 1,400 people are more in church, but that's way cooler. 
that is why I do this. Like I just walked out of there going, thank you, Lord, that I get that opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that you've gifted our church and trusted our church with things like that. And so we're, we're trusting him for more. We have a vision to reach 1% of Edmonton. That's not tiny, bro. Um, when you put that into a numerical number, that's 10,000 people. And when you look at that, you go, that's pretty brash. That's pretty bold. But for me, it's big faith. It's big trust and saying, Holy Spirit, we can't do this without you. So let's go. Let's try this. Let's spend our life going after something that is kingdom oriented. Like literally we want to populate heaven and that's what we're trying to do. And what I've noticed even in a vision like that is it attracts high capacity leaders because people want to come alongside of that and go, I want to spend my life trying for something like that. And then when you see things like what we're experiencing, this massive revival, this growth, it's almost like, hey, we can do this. God helping us, we can do this, right? Yeah, yeah that's so good. And, and I think I, it just really shows me just how important it is just for any of us listening. Just be praying for your church. Be praying for your yeah. pastors. Like, it's, that, that's what changes things. And whether you go to a church that's uh, like Hope City or whether you're a small church, just committing yourself to prayer, I think, is just so important. Huge. Uh, God's, it's not just Hope City where this is happening. It's happening in a lot of churches, and it's as people give themselves to prayer. Um, but I'm just kind of curious, like, how have you seen this prayer culture, like, impacting people's lives? Like, as you've kind of dug into prayer a little bit, like, how have you seen growth in leaders and growth in people kind of as they've given themselves to prayer, like, more to an individual level? Yeah, I mean, you know, I always say to our staff, you model who we want our people to become. Mm -hmm. And so I know spiritually the church doesn't grow beyond my level of leadership. That's a little freaky, Donovan, okay? Mm -hmm. But that's also super, super um, challenging for the accountability that it brings to me. And so I love challenges and I love mm -hmm. the fact that, okay, rise up, pray longer, pray harder, pray more, learn to hear the Lord. Um, bring that to your team. So on a team level, I say, you know what? We practice prayer often. We um, actually, I don't know, this is on my desk right now. It's called Miracle Hour. It's a Catholicism book of learning how to pray for an hour. And it just mm -hmm. walks through all these different things. And I didn't have this cued for this, just so we know, okay? <laughs> um, but, like, there's a book there that teaches you how to pray for an hour. I'm, I, I want that. I'm going through that. Our whole staff, custodians and all, are going through that in a month from now. Because why? I want to teach people how to pray. How do you learn to just tarry with the Lord? How do you learn to just know Him and speak to Him? And, I, I, I mean, the... The idea of praying for an hour to most people seems daunting because what we do is we sit down and go, dear God, here's my list and eight minutes have passed. Well, not even maybe three. And you're like, oh boy, I got 50, you know, 52 more minutes to go. Um, so teaching that in our culture, teaching that in our church, that's what the Saturday nights have done. And what I see is people more often than not are gravitating towards, hey, I'm learning how to pray in and through everything in my life. So it's not just a church thing. It's when I'm driving. It's when I'm at home. It's when I'm doing my work. You know, it's the Thessalonians idea of pray continuously. Well, what does Paul mean by that? It doesn't mean you're on your knees continuously. It just means you're conversing with the Lord in and through all things in your life. And so those are some of the challenges we're throwing out to our church. Those are some of the ways we see our church grow. Last Saturday, in fact, we just had another engage night. And I had someone come to me afterwards and say, you know, I, I grew up in church and I remember when they said, pray for an hour, we would go on our knees and I would always dread it. She goes like, cause I couldn't pray for an hour on my knees. And she goes, I, we just prayed for an hour and I feel like I could do another hour. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, that's a discipleship win right there. Mm -hmm. You know? So bringing people, helping them understand, experience and see, you know, prayer is much more than just those moments on your knees or sitting still. There are other ways that we can incorporate it and do it into our daily lives. And so that's the growth I've seen in our people. Um, mm -hmm. That's a growth I've seen in my own life as well, Donovan, and just really just asking God, continue to build that culture here. So good. Um, one of the things, Phil, I wanted to, to dive into a little bit about is 
um, is leadership and empowering. And I think it's Craig Kershell years ago at a Global Leadership Summit, he said, the best leaders are obsessed with empowering the right people. And, and just observing you and, and even knowing some of the people from the project, even the leadership years ago on the project, seeing them in different spheres of society, just killing it, just doing, whether it's the church or business, we have people listening that are, that are moms, janitors, engineers, doctors, in, in all spheres. And even as a podcast, we're, we're going, okay, there's a leader in every chair. We want to call forth the leader, the leader, and, and you do this every Sunday in, in the high capacity leaders that are in your church. But also, how, how would you, and let's talk how, empowering as a team, because you lead a big team to, to, to have that vision, uh, probably 40 plus staff, maybe more uh, last time, right? 83 right now. Okay. Yeah. okay. 83 so 83 people um and and you're you have to empower put people in the right spot you're also leading the charge so where did tell us talk to us about team leadership because i think people listening like whether you're leading a small team in your business or in your school or wherever god's called you to lead uh team leadership is a big part and yeah there's been a real shift in in even probably um, in your lifetime, in my lifetime of, of, you know, there's leaders that are more dictators and we've seen those models. We've seen it in sports, how coaches have really had to change and adapt to a new generation. So let's, let's dive into that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say definitely in our lifetime, leadership has changed. There's no, no question on that. I think, you know, one is you trust God to bring the people around you that are needed to move the mission forward. And I say that in the context of what I do here, but that also means you have to hire well, right? And so that means you have to have a really, uh, I would say a filter for hiring. You have a process of how you go about things, but here's the thing about leadership development and anyone in any, any area of their life, you have to give them the opportunity to do it. And so, what I've learned over the years is most people are willing, capable, and want to step up and at least try. And so if with the right coaching, with the right premise, with the right leading, you can take them and then set them free to actually go and do what they need to do. There's a model that we learned. It's, I'm going to get this wrong, but it's something like this, Travis. Okay. It's like, you watch, I do. Um, we do, I watch, you do, and then you do, someone else watches. And so it's kind of like this progression, right, of a leader saying, okay, I can see what I can do. Now we're going to try it together. Now I'm going to do it. Now I'm going to empower someone else. That's the dream in our orbit. It doesn't always happen that way, but that's kind of the, hey, if we can get to this where everyone is doing that on a consistent basis, we can pour into people and see their God-given gifts um, flourish. What's important is to know that not some people think they are gifted in one area, but they're actually not. And so helping people discover where it is that they can really rise up and lead and flourish. And you can do that through multiple personality tests, through multiple spiritual gifts tests. We do that all here just to help people discover who am I in God? What, what makes me passionate? And so leaning into the things that you're really passionate about also help um, make leadership tangible, real, and effective. Um, Next-gen leaders, I think I'm learning more and more for me um, if you don't surround yourself with people who are younger, you start to get out of touch really quickly. So I'm turning 50 this year. I feel like I'm the old guy on our team. And I'm like, I need the 25 to 30 year old mindset sitting at the table and speaking into things. And many times I'm like, I don't know if I agree with that, but <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks. You know, and, and that's the whole point is that we need to be stretched. And if I myself as a leader get locked in and go, well, it's, I've done it this way for 12, 20 years. It works. I know what I'm doing. Just trust me. In some areas, that's wise. In other areas, it's not wise. In other areas, it's, it's wise to say, what do you think about this? What do you see in this? Because the, the key, and Matt, John Maxwell says this, leadership is learning. It's a constant learning posture. And so for us in this exp um, exponential growth time, 
I'm learning how to lead more and more at the next 10,000 foot level, right? I just have to raise my leadership, raise my leadership. So what are some of the things I have to get out of the weeds on and let team take? And how do I keep pushing the overall vision, the overall spiritual direction, the overall, you know, um, mission of our church? That's my role as the lead guy here. And so helping team underneath me be empowered and and actually just today i said to our pastors okay so just you know we've done this massive growth our whole lead team is blowing up all our job descriptions and we're restructuring i don't know the answer to that yet but i can tell you we're going to figure it out because we have to figure out not only how to lead what god has given us but we have to figure out how to lead with another 1400 people. And so that's my goal of setting the structure in place and trying to figure that out for us. So in that I say leadership is constant growth, learning, and then maybe taking what you've done and then going, well, for this season, it doesn't work anymore. So I got to figure out how to lead moving forward. Hmm. I would say though, to do that, you need good mentors around you. So a good mentor of mine, uh, maybe you know, maybe you don't, not sure, his guy pastored for many years. He's 70 right now, Larry Osborne, and um, he's from the States. He's led a very large church. Him and I do once a, once a month calls. And so guess who I'm talking to? Because he's been through all this, what I've gone through. And I'm like, hey, what did you hear? How did you do that? So finding the right mentors in your life, critically important wow. because we shouldn't be an island trying to figure this out. Um, God's given his kingdom. So definitely reach out and see who could be that person speaking into your life. As you were sharing, I was just reminded of John 15, right? When Jesus said, abide in me and you'll bear yeah. much fruit. And it's cool because I feel like you've been fostering that, <clears throat> excuse me, you've been fostering that posture of abiding for decades and you've been really trying to, to disciple your people into that same posture. Yeah. Um, and it's just cool to see how God's really bit blessed that. And, and you've seen that fruit. But one of the questions that, that came to my heart while you were sharing is like, what have been the challenges of the fruit? Because I know as leaders, we're like, I really want that success. I really want this growth. But I think we can almost like glamorize it so much. But it actually, I, I think, and I'm sure that there have been some challenges. How, how have you kind of remained um, just in that posture of abiding, even in the midst of the fruit, which can often overwhelm. Yeah, bro, you're exactly right. Um, everyone wants growth. Everyone prays for growth. Not everyone talks about the complexities of growth and when it happens, how much work it actually is. Mm -hmm. And so I would say in a season of growth, we're learning the amount of work it is. I said to our staff team last week, I, I, I do a lot of, 10 things I need lists from them. And so I gave like 10 things I need from you moving into the fall season. And mm. one of them was lean into the chaos. Mm. And what I meant by that is we're in chaos right now. You feel it. There's massive growth, but don't shy away from it, lean into it and learn from it. And then I just gave this caveat. I said, remember the same God we pray to who provided this is the same God who will give us the wisdom and the know-how of how to do this, Good. right? And so, yeah, there's a lot of complexities with growth. I think what I'm learning is you have to hold organizational structure loosely. You have to hold passion with Jesus tightly. And so like the whole idea of abiding in the vine, if I lose that, then I've lost the narrative. But it's okay to lose structure, systems, and roles for a season as you're trying to figure it out. It's not okay to lose your lifeline with Jesus. And that was actually the number one thing I said to the team in that list of 10. I said, you better show up prayed up. You know, and I said, if you come to your event, whatever you're leading, whatever's going on, and the only time you've prayed for this is the five-minute huddle that you do with the team before, we're done. Like, hmm. that's not how we lead this ministry. I need you to become prayed up, meaning in your own prayer closet, you're seeking God. As you're prepping, you're asking for the Holy Spirit to anoint your thoughts, your words, your direction. And so that's how you kind of have to lean into this and go, okay, with the with the stress, because there are some days I go home and I'm like, this is hard. Mm. This is really hard. It's exciting, but it's hard. With the ambiguity, because you don't know what you need to do until you actually figure it out and trying to figure it out sometimes feels very ambiguous. Mm. Um, 
and then even with the complexity of trying to spin like every department in the church is like we need a room here we need this we need this right like you're, you're spinning all these plates you're trying to figure out how do we do this i don't think you can do any of that without a solid solid daily centering in christ and so it comes back to that i mean it's as simple as this read your bible pray every day <laughs> right but literally that's how you work through the complexities of growth now have good people speaking to it hold things loosely and be okay with change um, I can't tell you the amount of times that team here have had to morph their job descriptions based upon the growth that we're experiencing. And if you want to stay in a lane and just go, no, I'm not doing that. Uh, it's really hard to navigate growth, but you have to be okay with shift and change and the constant tension of, it feels a little chaotic at times. So, so good. Um, one, one thing, Phil, as you're talking and, uh, we've talked and, and over the years, but you've you've had to deal with discouragement and that that lines in but like all leaders there's things you're stewarding this thing you're stewarding hope city you're stewarding what god's given you but along the way um there's there's a great celebrations there's a mountaintops but there's also those valleys that totally. that are like want to quit moments and i think some people go oh when you get a big church or a big ministry or a big business or whatever it is you, you don't have those because you're you got it made yeah. and uh knowing you and knowing walk there's moments where it's been really discouraging and you've had to yeah. navigate can, can you talk exactly. to us about how that process has been <laughs> and you're still sure. there standing yeah you know i think um you'd be naive to think no one goes through those moments where can i still do this or you get hit hard with something um, whether it's a death, whether it's a loss, whether it's a staff member, whether it's your own personal circumstances that cause stress and anxiety. Um, I've walked through it all, okay? And there is this, there is this idea that unless I know that God has called me, anointed me, equipped me, and will walk with me, I know I can't do this. And so for me, again, Travis, I, I sound like a broken record today, but it goes back to your prayer closet, bro. Like if I can't find that, just the strength of the Lord, the hope of the Lord, the confidence of the Lord, um, you know, Psalm says he holds us in his right hand. Uh, when I go through those moments, I, I literally say, God, I need your right hand right now. I need you to hold me. I need you to walk with me. Um, I'm not, you know minimizing the emotions or the frustration or even the the tension that comes in those moments i'm just saying god i can't do this without you and so that really stems from your own personal posture before the lord on a continual basis i had this past year guide my wedding party uh, went to bible college with him close friend walk away from ministry and the lord after 25 years that was big for me okay um that was hard for me uh, i still love them we still talk all this kind of stuff but i'm like i have to process that and when it's one of your buddies and i mean i can pastor people i can do all that but this is one of your buddies you've grown up with them you've hung out you've done you've prayed together you've talked church you've done everything and he's like it was all a scam i can't believe i wasted my life you're like oh you know, and so you walk through that, but I only walk through that because I'm confident of who God is and what he's done in my life. It doesn't derail me as much as it burdens me. And so that has now become another thing in my prayer closet for, you know, just something you're constantly bringing to the Lord. So mm -hmm. discouragement I have found and challenges and trials actually make you a better leader and a better in my case, pastor to follow because I learn empathy and I learn um, failure. And so in that, I think I can relate better to people. Mm -hmm. So I think it's actually um, God's way of just keeping us dependent. Mm -hmm. Well, this is, I could uh, listen to your stories all day. <laughs> this is great. Um, but one of the, one of the things that's kind of standing out to me, in our conversation, um, I, I'm taking part of the Arrow Journey right now. It's a leadership nice. development program, yep. and uh, 
And, and I remember the thing that's almost stood out to me most was a quote from one of our speakers. He says, at the front of his Bible, he has a sticky note. And on the sticky note, it says, if you're too busy to read this book, you're busier than God wants you to be. Mm. And that's just been like, so this whole journey, that's just been on my mind and heart. And it sounds like, you know, you're one of those guys that could say you're busy. Um, and I'm sure many people listening have said that exact same thing. I'm so busy right now. Yeah. Um, but it also sounds like in the midst of the busyness, you've been able to foster that secret place. You've been able to foster that mm -hmm. closet, as you call it. And I'm just curious, kind of what are some of the, like, in, in maybe in this season specifically, or maybe in other seasons, how have you maintained that priority on a practical level? Like, is it the first thing you do when you get to your office? Do you wake up early in the morning? I'm just curious, like, how do you fit that into your life and, or, or not, not fit it in, sorry, but kind of build your life around that right. is what it sounds like. Yeah. Great question. I would say what people need to know about me is I'm a very disciplined guy. Hmm. So when I commit to something, I commit. So that comes nat discipline is natural for me, but it's been learned. Okay. And this is what I mean. I've been disciplined with Bible reading and prayer since teenage years. Um, and so I remember even in Bible college and Bible college, you're kind of like you get in at three in the morning, whatever. Right. It, I remember coming back and always saying, Lord, I will not forsake the reading of your word or praying no matter how late it is. Hmm. And I would come back. I lived on dorms. I'd come back to the dorm, two thirty-three in the morning, and I'd always go to the prayer room and do my devotions, no matter how late it was. Like it was just that pattern for me. And so I have a rhythm. And this is not to brag, Donovan. You've asked the question. Mm -hmm. I probably skip one day of Bible reading every two years. Like, I, I mean that sincerely. Hmm. And that's because I was on an overnight flight or like something like that. Yeah, like just something that just didn't allow it to work. So hmm. it's so much ingrained in who I am and what I do and what I think a follower of Jesus needs to do. So hmm. scripture for me is always before I go to bed. No matter what, it's that time. I just read God's word. I put it in my heart, put it in my mind. I ponder over it. And um, that's right before I go to bed. And I pray a little bit after that. My major prayer times is when I wake up in the morning. I've coupled prayer with exercise. And so when I do my running or rowing or whatever I'm doing, working out in the morning, I always have my earbuds in listening to worship music. And that always focuses my mind on the Lord. And I start praying. And I have a rhythm of prayer with different days I bring different things before the Lord mm -hmm. so one day it's our church the next day it's my family the next day it's our staff team and their families the next day it's needs and you know you kind of just figure out for yourself how, how does this work what are some of the things that you know fit well into my life so that's been a rhythm for me that's been going for a long time mm -hmm. and so I guess that's how I do it bro um, I awesome. just say I have to do this because I know it's my lifeline. So I'm going to schedule it in and I'm going to make sure it happens. And I'll say this, some people will be like, well, that sounds really religious and I don't want to do something out of religion, bro. I get it. There are days I promise you where I read the Bible and I get zero out of it. Um, because I'm just not in a posture of taking it in or I'm dead tired. It's at the end of the day, but I know, my mind might get zero, but my spirit is being fed. And I'm mm. like, hey, I can't, I can't really quantify what's happening in my spirit right now, but I trust that the word of God is filling my spirit and I need that. So I'll do it. Good. Uh, so good. And just even as you're talking, Phil, I'm encouraged and just like, you can just feel the word coming off you. And, uh, and, and I just, I want to, on these podcasts, we take a moment to pray because we believe, yeah. hey, it's a Spirit-Empowered Leader podcast, and it's not just let's talk about God, but let's just invite the Spirit to speak to us. And whether that's speak to us about how we need to read the Word more or pray more or something that you said today. And so I want to give you an opportunity just to pray, to pray for those that are listening, uh, watching, yeah. wherever, wherever they are. Maybe they're in their morning routine right now listening to this podcast um, but just just to pray as a, as the spirit leads you and uh, and that uh, yeah just just uh, would you, would you pray for us? I would love to man thank you let's pray. God, I thank you for the gift of your holy Spirit. I thank you that your your spirit is our advocate, our guide, our comforter you're the one who gives us power when we need it. 
And so I just pray for that person right now who might be listening, who is walking through one of those valleys, who is saying, I don't even know how to face today, let alone tomorrow. Holy Spirit, right now, come alongside of them. May they sense your presence, your peace. May they sense you carrying them. May they know, God, that they can trust you. May they be held in your right hand, secure, sound, and steadfast. And I pray that faith arises in them today. I pray that hope arises in them today. No matter what it is that they are facing, may they know that there is a God who loves them, is for them, and can carry them through. And God, I ask, Lord, for all of us, as we claim to know you, Jesus, and want to follow you with our heart, soul, strength, and mind, I pray that you help us do that better. I pray that you help us, even as Donovan quoted, remain in you. And so, Father, help us. Help us to be intentional about our times with you. But I pray as we are, may you open the word to people. As they, as they read it, may it just come alive and excite their spirit and excite them and say, yes, this is what I need for today. I pray that as we lean into prayer, there are those moments, God, where we sense you just speaking to our hearts and equipping us and encouraging us. We want to be individuals who follow you first, God, and everything else in our life flows out of that. Mm-hmm. And so I just pray over all the people listening today. Just give them that joy in the Lord. Mm-hmm. No, matter, no matter what that looks like for them, I pray joy in the Lord over them. Thanks for Travis. Thanks for Donovan. Thanks for Resurgence, what you're doing. I pray continued growth, blessing, movement, impact. I pray that as they take steps of faith, they see you, God, come alongside of them. And I just pray that they are guys that are just filled with confidence and trust and assurance in your spirit every step of the way. And so Jesus, we just want to do this to bring glory and honor to your name. May our lives do that. May we make Jesus famous and may we just experience daily what it means to know you, to love you, to serve you, and to be salt and light. And so I ask for that over all of us in your powerful name, Christ. Amen. 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 Phil, bro, this has been such an incredible privilege and gift to have you. And uh, mm-hmm. thanks so My much. My privilege, honestly. Love you guys and just love what God's doing in and through you. So yeah. cheering and you on, man. Thank you for your support personally, but also as us as a ministry and Hope City. Yeah. You, um, you got big vision, but you guys have been such a blessing to resurgence in this ministry. And we're just so thankful. So we're, we're praying, we're cheering you on. And let's see more than 1% of Edmonton reached. Yeah, dude. Let's do it together, right? Come on. Yeah. Amen. Thank Thank you. you. Well, that was such a great uh, conversation that we just had with Phil. What a cool story. And I I just really love kind of how God's been at work in his life. And I know the way that he leads. It's cool because as as he was sharing, I, I built relationships with some of the pastors that work under him. And just the way that uh, that he leads, it, it trickles down. You really see it in the people that uh, he, he impacts. And so I, I can say I know for sure he's like what he's saying. He lives it out. And it's, it's just so evident and so clear. And I hope that it was a blessing to uh, you guys that are listening. I know it was a blessing to me. Um, but yeah, just such an honor to be able to ta- chat with Phil today. Yeah, totally. And, and to know the growth, to know some of those people of lives he's impacting, um, there's yeah. been profound impacts in our city of Edmonton and beyond, and uh, their their commitment to missions. We didn't even get into this. Their church, their their yeah. commitment outside of Edmonton is profound. It's been it's been yeah. huge. And for those that are watching, that you're maybe like, oh, okay, we're from the states, or we're from a place where we have big churches. Um, the context that he's in in Canada, he's one of the largest, or encroaching on one of the larger churches in our nation. So this mm-hmm. is this is we don't have mega churches like other places, and so this this is pretty cool how God is using him. But to lead so well and be so devoted yeah. to the Word and the Spirit, um, it, it's been remarkable. And so what a, what a gift today, Donovan. And uh, just want to mm-hmm. thank everyone that tuned in today, wherever you're listening, watching, being a part of this. Would you join? Um, the conversation. We'd love you to comment on this. Uh, we're on YouTube. Maybe you haven't noticed. I was talking to someone the other day. They're like, oh, we like listen to your podcast. And I said, oh, it's on video too. They're like, it is? 
we can actually see your face and i'm like yeah go to youtube so we're on youtube we're on anywhere you get your podcast and we're just wondering if you would help us by sharing this if, if you think there's someone in your life that would benefit from this podcast today would you send them a text would you send them a message on facebook wherever it is get get this podcast to them that it would help someone someone else and uh, we just we want to grow we want to grow our impact and grow our reach and and journey with more people that want to become a spirit empowered leader so until next time till next episode we're excited for our next conversation and invite you to join us uh, if you want more information on our ministry the ministry of resurgence liveresurgence.com you can also sign up to the newsletter under the spirit empowered leader and, and make sure you get all the episodes right when they come out and uh, we're so excited to have you. The dream of God involves you. There's a leader in every chair. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Spirit Empowered Leader Podcast. We hope that this podcast has encouraged you as an empowered leader. This podcast is brought to you by Resurgence Initiatives. Our mandate is to revive churches, release leaders, and reach people. We are on a journey, and the dream God has put in our heart involves you. Learn more at liveresurgence.com or on Instagram at liveresurgence.